Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Runners World podcast with me, Rick Pearson. And me, Ben Hobson. Today we are celebrating 30 years of Runners World Woo. in the UK. Yeah. So uh, in our 30th anniversary issue out at the end of August, uh, we profile six runners that represent a cross-section of the running community in 2023. And Ben, you popped along to the cover shoot to have a quick behind-the-scenes chat with each individual about what running means to them. I certainly did. Hell of a day it was too. Yeah, very nice. Um, we, we, we rolled out all the stops. Um, there were snacks. Uh, a crisp medley, was it? Just all sorts of stuff. <laughs> we... Uh, it was it was great. We had everyone come down to a studio in London for for the for the day to shoot everything. Um, yeah, it was a really nice experience to meet everyone. There'd been a bit of communication back and forth with all the different people about you know getting down and how they were all going to come along. But once everyone was in a room, obviously just all started talking about running straight away. Yeah, it's, it's that's one of the great things, isn't it, about running? It's like gives you this instant sort of intimacy and connection with another runner, so you don't have the kind of awkwardness of like. What do we have in common? Oh, hello. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Uh, what do you do? Yeah. So, um, yeah, we just, we just, uh, and then I managed to get a bit of time in between them all, like doing mate, having makeup and wardrobe and, and doing all the bits and pieces that happen on photo shoots and got to sit down and, and have a little chat and work out what it is about running that they love and the reasons why they do it. And uh, I mean, the moment you start scratching at the surface, it's the stories that come out, the, the tales of, how running has been used to not only improve fitness, but to some of them have to get through like Craig, who's dealing with some awful grief and loss in his life, uh, how where running sat in his, his, his life and his journey. And then um, someone like Fiona, who's always loved running and has used running to make great change within running. Same with Tasha, who's, you know, um, the founder of uh, Black Girls Do Run and, she, you know, where she started running years ago and like now is you know fronts this campaign and movement and organization to sort of make running a better place and it's just you just meet all these people and it the running part is the sort of thread but the the tapestry is huge huge variety yeah yeah Yeah, yeah, exactly well uh, i don't want to blow our own trumpets but i think the 30th anniversary issue is really good it is very good there's some really good bespoke stuff in there we've we've kind of looked to the future so we did um you know, running adventures I like to see. And then we talked about game changes, which we've done on a previous episode. We also did a, a survey, and I thought I'd maybe pull out some of the interesting... It's meant to give a sort of snapshot of where running is in 2023. So the survey went out, and um, just a few of the stats. So um, your average weekly mileage, the people we asked for this, it's actually 10 to 19 miles a week was the most popular. That's 32%. And that was followed by 20 to 29 miles a week, 23%. And interestingly, only 17% of those surveys ran more than 30 miles a week. Which is quite interesting. Um, most people run three days. That was the most popu- popular, three days a week, 35%, followed by four days, 21%. Road was easily the most popular surface, 71%, compared to 17% on the trail. Uh, treadmill accounted for about 4% of the vote. Um, and finally, hey, look, this is good for us. Um, 72% of respondents listened to audio on the run. The most popular choices are music. We just have some oh, fun with that. Fine. And also podcast, 31%. So hopefully this one. So we are, we're 30% of 60%. Or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, fine. Don't look into it too much, Ben. No, no, no. Black Looks Panther works 70% of the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 70% of the time it works it's every time. time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, some interesting stuff. And, and, and there's lots more of that in the mag. So, yeah, if, you, if, you, uh, if you're not already subscribed to Runners World, good time to do so. 
great time because we're just about to do 30 more years maybe but isn't that you know yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's yeah. another thing so it's 1993 view the math Oh, 93. We'll have to put a picture up of the first cover because it's an absolute crack. Yeah, and the second ever cover was Paula Radcliffe, which I is... I thought the first was Paula. Yeah, no, no so she's, I can't remember the one of first, but she's... Less second cover. Known. Second one was Paula Radcliffe, yeah. A very young Paula Radcliffe, sponsored by ASICS at the time. Yeah, that's right. To give you perspective yeah, of yeah. how long ago it was. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there we go. Amazing. Well, no, look, we've got um, Fiona, Tasha, Craig, Barry, Rachel and Arthur. Oh, right. Good memory. Uh, I don't know if I've got them in the right order there. But the, in the upcoming episode, I basically sit down with each of them individually and you've just got back-to-back accounts from them about the day, about running, what it means to them, what they want to do in the future with running, where it's got them, where it's going, all that sort of stuff. All right, let's do it. Let's talk to them. Guest of the week, here in the studio. Guest of the week, sometimes on the phone. Could be an athlete. Fiona, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Um, you've just had your picture taken multiple times. I have. That was definitely an experience. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're here at the, the, the shoot for the 30th anniversary of Runners World and, and yourself and a few others are going to be on the cover. Um, I just kind of wanted to get a gauge of what running means to you as we're here to sort of celebrate running and, and the time that we've been doing it and, and the magazine's been out. Um, when did you start running? So I actually started running all the way back in 2011. I very, it sounds extreme, it sounds extreme, but it's what happened. I woke up one morning, looked at my life and thought, this isn't who I thought I was going to be at this age. So I signed up for a marathon six months from that date, literally couldn't run around the block and then just taught myself to run <laughs> that's amazing did you like couch to 5k was it anything like it was literally out the door couch to 5k wasn't really around then yeah. and if it was i don't think it was advertised to people like me who were so inactive yeah. that i wouldn't have known to even find that um i have recently done couch to 5k and i think it's so well signpost nowadays it's a brilliant resource but this was very much this was 2011 so i had a book and I would tick off my runs that I did. Um, yeah, it took me five hours, 47 minutes to do that first marathon. So it was not quick. It wasn't pretty. But um, hey, I did it. How did you feel like that? Obviously launching into running in a sort of like way that was like, I need to make change. How did you find the first few runs? Was it like a, a sense of this is great? Or was it actually like, what, this is awful? <laughs> I think it shocked me how hard running was, but it also shocked me how far from fitness I was. So I was only 22 at the time. Um, and I really didn't realize how much I let my fitness slip or how running would actually be really difficult. Um, but I would also say I was incredibly proud of every single thing I did because it wasn't the easy path to take. So Every time I went out, even if I ran for five minutes, that felt like such an achievement at the time. Um, and I think especially back then I was doing it before the days of social media. So it was just me in rural England trying to run. Um, nowadays, I think there's so much support that you can get from things like social media and you can celebrate that, that... Um, in some ways, I almost wish that had been possible back then. Just because it, now you can see certain, we'll, we'll get onto the, the this very significant impact that social media can have on, on certain elements within running. Um, but, you know, now comparing as we sort of retrospectively look upon running, is that would be one of the major things? Yeah, I think we used to be quite bad at telling narratives of all athletes. And so I think we used to, as a society, only tell stories of runners being a very specific type speed pace distance and so I think one of the things that is so exciting is that we now are much better at telling narratives of everybody being able to see themselves as a runner um, and one of the things I've enjoyed about being on social media so much is a lot of people messaging me to say oh I, d I identify with you and therefore I signed up for the following race and that's that's really cool. It's great to be able to say to others, look, if I can do this ridiculous thing, why can't you? Mm, yeah, 100%. And to go from someone who was, as you said, five five hours, four, 547, 547 yep, for that first yeah, marathon yeah. to a, a Boston qualifier. Yeah. So there's obviously a, a great transition there in terms of 
not only your sort of personal achievement, but sort of like having a having a goal and working towards it. Yeah, and I think often we hear the stories of people going, "Oh, well, I was naturally sporty at school," yeah. and, and and that definitely was not the case. No. I I hid in bushes to avoid sport <laughs> yeah. at school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's running is something that I did because I wanted to be that kind of person. Um, and then along the way on that journey, I've just constantly been wanting to say oh, could I be the kind of person that runs ultra marathons? Could I be the kind of person that runs this pace for a 5K? I think the change in the mindset of like, that's not for me and I couldn't possibly do it, to being open to just being like... I'll give it a go. I'll try. Yeah. And just... It, and if I fail, then that's maybe I'll learn something incredible yeah. in the process. Exactly. Yeah, and not being worried about being the best runner straight away or just... I think that lots of people do launch into sort of like... I mean, you gave yourself six months, which is absolutely what should be done people kind of go I've got 12 weeks yeah and it can kind of almost be that sort of PE like running as a sort of like punishment level of kind of like it's too quick and people can fall out I coach nowadays as well and one of the things I say to people before they start working with me is if you care about your time goal more than anything I'm the wrong coach for you because for me life has to come first I'm not a professional athlete long-term running has to come second so I want you to be able to run forever and then it's having something that is more interesting in terms of goals than just a time because we'll always be able to chase times but I don't think that's particularly fulfilling no I think that people need to have a fine day like a joy from it exactly like because then you'll want to do it forever whereas if you go for time and you don't make that time then it's just hugely disappointing um rather than instead being able to I mean, if you're going to sign up for a marathon, that's incredible. Just signing up for one is incredible, let alone then putting in the work to be on the start line, let alone finishing it. It's kind of irrespective, in my opinion, what time you actually end up running. I think there's that, that, there's that sense of just the marathon on the day. The race is, a, is also most the celebration of every, everything that it took to get there. Yeah, and, there, and obviously we hear that phrase a lot in marathons, but trusting the process. Like, it's, like it, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's such a truism, though. Um, I think if you're on that journey, then yeah. I mean, the day when I ran my BQ, um, I took 17 minutes off my marathon time on that day. And I just had the best day ever. Like it didn't feel hard. I chatted with a friend for about 80% of the race um, until he dropped back. So it just wasn't, yeah, it it just consistency paid off on that day rather than I went out saying, I have to run this time or marathoning won't be complete for me. In terms of fitting life, life coming first, as you say, um, you have a, a an eleven week old. Yeah. How's the uh, how's the life running balance going? I feel super lucky. I had an emergency C section, so I feel super lucky that running is something that is currently happening in my life. So I've just completed Couch to Five K. Fantastic! Very Congratulations! Exciting. Yeah, yeah. Really nice, humbling experience to go back to Couch to Five K. Um, but I am aware that. Lots of people haven't had the fortunate experience that I had to run through pregnancy and to also feel um, I could invest in um, a women's health physio this side and then um, see a successful return to running for me. Yeah, it's amazing. And people may well have, have, have seen your face and heard of your name because of your the work that you've done to change the deferral process with Boston Marathon particularly because you had your BQ time yeah. and then babies. And before your sort of work, there was no sense of uh, deferring. If you were pregnant, you were pregnant. And unfortunately, that was the case. And, and after a, a sort of a, a post that went viral and, and sort of work that you've done, how, did, how was significant was that to you in terms of making that change for just as a, you know, as a policy? I think if we look at the history of women running marathons, it's only been relatively recently that women have been allowed even to be on the start line um but the idea that we currently have an equal field um in terms of access um it's just not true and I am a passionate feminist I believe passionately in equality and it's sad that the sport that I love that gives me freedom isn't somewhere where I necessarily always feel free um I am fully aware and when I entered Boston, I was fully aware that there was not a pregnancy and postpartum deferral policy, but that didn't make it okay. And I 
am excited that racers are starting to realize that there are some pretty simple things, to be honest, they can do to make running as accessible as possible. Um, a really simple win being introducing pregnancy and postpartum deferral policies. Um, Boston would have expected me to race nine days postpartum the marathon. And they actually, interestingly, um, about a month after they uh, brought in the deferral policy, they published a post on Instagram about a runner who was running nine days afterwards. And I think that shows that there's still so far to go. Because while that might be a great choice for some people, the idea that a major city marathon is suggesting that that is what we we should be doing is just to be honest it's irresponsible yeah it's wildly it's all dangerous isn't it really absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah of course because you know that is uh, i mean congratulations to that that person who was able to do that yeah, of that's course. great that's her choice no but, problem but whatsoever but the fact that's that not you, the norm and the fact that you would have brought out a pregnancy and postpartum deferral policy and then a month later be like but hey look here's this woman who can do it you could have done it just shows I think the um, laziness that we sometimes have in not being prepared to put ourselves in other people's shoes yeah for sure and as you say running is the sport where it's always talked about being the most accessible and the sort of like get on your shoes and anyone can go out and do all those sorts yeah, of what things a, what, a, what a great lie we are telling ourselves <laughs> yeah, in that exactly. um, yeah I think particularly from a female point of view there are some really simple wins that can exist by race organizers to make the playing field more accessible um i just before uh, lockdown i ran seville marathon which is one of the the kind of classic spanish races that i think it's something like less than 15 percent is female who was running that race and it's it's noticeable if there aren't people like you to the point where i was running about three hours 45 minutes um which ended up meaning that people were shouting go on the girl as I ran past because there were just mostly men around me um and I think we have to remind ourselves that there is so much still to do to ensure that that statement of running is for everyone can actually be true yeah absolutely and you are you're heading to Boston I am heading to Boston I'm very excited yeah so um I will be making the most of the pregnancy and postpartum deferral policy that now exists. I'm very excited to have deferred my qualifier. And yeah, can't wait to run in 2024. And training's going well? I mean, well, 11 I mean, we've weeks. just couched for 5K. <laughs> yeah. It's currently as far as I am. But hey, I've never trained for a marathon for, what, 10 months from, yeah, from when I will have completed couch to 5K. Obviously, I've got exactly a year from when I gave birth to when I'll run the marathon. So a one-year marathon training program is currently underway. It's going to be a, a slow journey, but yeah. I think that's the right amount of time. I yeah. think it feels good. Yeah, yeah. I have no pressure as well. I think the change in the deferral policy and the ripple effects that Boston will have on other races by it being Boston, that to me is the most important achievement I'll probably ever have in running. The time is irrelevant now. I just want to be on the start line with the other women who've been able to make the most of that changing rules i think that's really like it speaks to an overarching bigger picture of running everyone has that personal achievement which they have which maybe your bq time it might be some other sort of like time based or a race that they've always wanted to do but to have something where you can say like the legacy of something yeah and i mean hey look look at Catherine switzer look at bobby gibb like how amazing to be standing on the shoulders of those giants of our sport and the impact that they've had for female running. Well, it's just next 30 years. Let's hope that everything gets better. Can't wait to see the changes. <laughs> exactly. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> Barry, thank you so much for sitting down and chatting with me. No problem. Thank you for having me. Um, we're here shooting the cover for the 30th, uh, 30th anniversary edition of Runner's World. Uh, and you're going to be on a cover. What was your first experience of cover shoot life how's that been for you it's it's been interesting i think obviously you appreciate like anything the hard work that's involved in doing it's not just turn up one picture and off you go it's like a lot of trying to just get that right shot um pretty much like when you train for a race and you want it to be absolutely perfect for that perfect race so it's been fascinating like meeting some of the other runners that are going to be on the front cover as well it's been fascinating to share stories oh that's great um how did you start running? What got you into running? So I'm, I grew up in the northeast um, in Gateshead at the time when Brendan Foster came up with the Great North Run. And so grew up watching that race, loved it, go down to Tunbridge, watch it. But I hated running as a kid. I couldn't see the point of it. But always promised myself one day I'll come back to the northeast and do the Great North Run because I live in the Midlands now. So 
when I turned 30, I thought, right, I'm going to do the Great North Run because I promised myself I'd do it. If I do it for charity, that might just keep me motivated to do it. So I did that first Great North Run, and that one went to plan. I'm glad to say I followed a training plan and got the time I wanted. So the natural progression was, well, let's go for London. Um, the first few marathons I did didn't go according to plan, but because I was so focused on raising money for charity, it just kept me wanting to do it. And then when I finally ran that marathon that worked, I was like, yeah, I could get used to this. And I was finding physical benefits, mental benefits, and I was just like, I'm doing something good, and I feel good, and you know what, let's go for it. Running's just, the freedom with running's just incredible. Is that one of the main things that you found with running, the freedom of it, what it brings? I, yeah, I think... People, you know, people always say, oh, you must get bored and stuff. But it's like, well, I can go out and run whenever I want within reason. I can run how far I want, as, as fast as I want, and I control all of that. And if I change my mind during a run about how far I'm running, then I have that control. And I think that's the big thing, particularly in the digital age, is to have some sort of control and freedom of an aspect of your life. Do you, do, are you a man who runs with lots of tech, or is it, as you say, separate a bit from the tech and the, the, the digital world and... I, I do I'll keep my watch because I am interested in distance that I've run to record that I, I listen to music a lot so I'll have my phone with me but it's just to listen to music through an app but if I hear like notifications and stuff I just don't pay any attention people can ring me when I'm on the run I don't care yeah. this is my time and I'm running and so apart from my watch that's the only tech I really need when did the um when did the using bolt persona become into, flourish into all its glory it's that's a good one actually because um there's many times where I'd, I'd quit marathon running. I quit, you know, I'd, I'd do marathons. This is it. And I did London in 2011. I thought that's it. I'm not. I can't be doing any more marathons. And that that one went quite well. And then I posted a picture of myself online when I found out I got a place through the old London Marathon system. Of your fifth time when you get in. So I thought, okay, might as well go for it. And I posted a picture of like the lightning bolt pause that Usain Bolt does. I put it on social media because Facebook was just coming in then. And within five minutes, I get an alert. My cousin said, who do you think you are, Usain Bolt? And, and I read it, I chuckled, and I, and I read it again. I'm thinking, okay, well, if I'm going to do one more marathon, I might as well do it with a bit of a bit of a laugh and a smile on my face. And, you know, I put, use that as my running name instead of Barry and see, you know, if people appreciate it. And then I ran it the once and I was thinking, I can't just do one and out. It's got to be become a thing now. And I think with the fundraising, it really helped to have that name. Because I think a lot of charities could use it to promote the work they were doing. Well, let's talk about that. Because a, a large part of your running is, is, is about fundraising. Um, what 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 was the point where you suddenly went, you know, I can not just do this for myself. There's a, there's a means to an end here in terms of raising money or doing something for the greater good. When I was growing up, as a Sikh, we were told you should always do something for the community in general, not just the Sikh community, but whatever community you're in. So that was a big part of growing up, was you should always try and do a good deed for people. I actually went to Catholic school as well. So as a cat, when I went to Catholic school, it was ingrained into you. You know, you you know, you should do some good and pay it forward. And um, with my running, it's just sort of, okay, I'm not going to be a doctor or anything like life-saving, but... I can raise money, I can make raise awareness of charities around for big charities around for smaller charities people not heard of. And I was just like, well, I'm prepared to put in all the training and all the effort that's required to train and I'll do the races and I'll do these challenges. And if it benefits a charity or the charity gets more coverage, that's really good because for me, it's about if my running makes a difference to somebody's life, that's, that's what I'm hoping to do. And I'll always say I'm always grateful to people that sponsor me because I can go out and train and run these races but it would mean nothing if people aren't prepared to dig in and sponsor me every time. And I think that for me, that's the thing is the people that see what I'm doing, believe in what I'm doing and support the charity I'm running for. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, you look at the way that events like London Marathon have evolved into these huge yeah. fundraising, mass participation events. You know, it's a, it's a real, the, a real indicator of the great power that running has in terms of helping others. And I think that that's uh, certainly a sort of something that's, very much part of the running community, certainly from what, what you're doing and speaking to the others here in terms of that community always helping each other and helping others. And, and that's, like I said, so I love going to running events and meeting people who've maybe seen us on other races and see the charities there running funny, hear their stories and why they're running. You just think, not if, it's a shame that like society can't be like the running community because I think the running community is phenomenal. You go to your local park when you go to a big race, you go to a smaller race, a club event, and I think that's where you see the best of people. How do you think running's changed since you started? What's what's been the sort of biggest 
change or development that you've sort of you've witnessed i think like a lot i think it's the information that's out there i think there's more people confident about it taking on half marathons and marathons or any distance um obviously the science behind running shoes the tech you know every piece of kit now there's just so much science behind it. When I, when I first got into running, my go-to was Runners World magazine because I didn't know anybody that had done a half marathon, let alone a marathon. So I'd read the magazine, then I'd read it online, and that's where all my knowledge came from. And like you'd see the reviews of all these running shoes, and I, you know, I was like, I just find a piece of you pair, find a pair of running shoes, you put them on, and you can run in anything. And you suddenly realise it's not as simple as that. You know, if you overpronate or you underpronate, you know, you got to be. So for me, the two big things I've seen is like the amount of money that's invested in tech particularly running shoes and you see that with professional athletes and club athletes and the second thing is how accessible running is to everybody now because yeah you've got the big races you've got park run you've got things like run talk run you've got these brilliant little running communities popping up everywhere focused on just getting people out and running and it's it's not about running too far that's not what you want to do it's just about people enjoying what they do run yeah yeah and certainly within sort of london and we've got some very keen seek runners and and uh, the, the running community around um seeks in the city and the the, singer on it, yeah. yeah yeah so seeks in the city yeah. and 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 these sort of south asian groups and just seeing uh visibility on 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 running and different communities like that how have you seen that that's that probably the other big change because when i because i went, went to a catholic school in the northeast and i was pretty much the only brown kid in school the only guy with the top knot um I got used to being stared at and stuff. So for me, it was a natural part of growing up. But then more Asians went to the Northeast and it was less so. So when I went to races, I never really sort of thought I'd stand out. But I did stand out because, you know, I'd be this one bearded Asian guy and be like, there might be the odd other one or two, but we wouldn't see that many. There's a couple of other secret runners, like you mentioned, that I've seen at a lot of races, but there weren't that many of us. And now when I go to park and I go to race, I see a lot, lot more yeah. Asians. It is good, but I've, I didn't really think about it until recently because I was just like, because oh, I'm so used to, I've never, I wasn't conscious of it because I was used to being stared at and standing out. So for me, it became a normal part of, if I'm the only person in my community running, that's fine. It's But now I get a lot of Asian runners saying to me, you know, how did you get into it? What can we do to get into it? And I think that is a good thing because I think um, they want to do good things. And I think when we talk about the charities they run for, whether it's a major mental ch- charity or physical health, it affects everybody, it doesn't discriminate. And so for me, the running community has been brilliant because they accept everybody regardless of ability or background um and certainly a lot of bigger races now the proportion of runners i'm saying represents the community that we're running through now and i think you're right but that probably wasn't the case when i first started but i didn't really think about it at the time i, I think that's I mean, very interesting that you meant you sort of say that because i think a lot of people it's very important to you can't if you can't see yourself out there then you won't do it and as you say, people might see you now and go, actually, I, I'm Sikh. I, I could, there's a, this guy's doing it. I could do it too. Whereas you, you, you... I'd never thought it. I was just like, well, I just want to do something good for charity. And for my my philosophy was, but all these other people are running for charity. So therefore, I'm no different to, to those people. So I didn't really think, think of it any other way than that. But then like, as it went on, people said, oh, I'd get Asian ones, even other ones come up to say, oh, you've inspired me to want to run a half. And I'd be like, okay, then if you, if you say so. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what would you like to see then? change we've, we're talking about we've run as well been 30 the next 30 years what would you what, what do you think is going to happen I, I can just see running getting bigger and bigger i think i can see more races popping up i think you know every community is now getting more represented in running and that there's there's no boundaries to welcoming people into the running world i just want to see more of what we're seeing now it's people using running for their mental health their physical health bonding with other people you know just running in groups if you don't want to go out and run by yourself run with other people maybe a bit more of actually ditch your car and do a run some you know you know you don't have to use a car to go everywhere let's go out and run one or two miles every day get you 30 minutes of exercise that way and i just think when people do it i think the freedom i talked about earlier on is what they'll experience they'll be like actually getting out into that world and saying things because the one thing about this country is i've run in some incredible places that i would never have visited if i hadn't got into running i've run through the scottish highlands wouldn't have done that if i hadn't got into running run snowdonia again I had no interest in going to Snowden unless it was a marathon. So I'll sit, if people want to explore this country, just go out and run, do some physical activity. You'd be amazed by the people you meet and the places you end up. And you mentioned the uh, run some there, you know, being a running mayor that you are. Um, and just how important that sort of like switching mindset, we were actually talking about this earlier, the switching mindset around what running is useful for, not just a race day thing, 
not just the training that you're doing, but actually like active travel, getting to those little journeys that you might have jumped in the car before or something like that. And that's 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 a big part of what you do with your running. Yeah, and I think I mentioned earlier on, I think that's one of the things that shift about running because it was very much you run because you want to enter a race or win it or be competitive. But actually, that's not running about anymore. Running is about your mindset and using it as an, a way to get from A to B and then back to A. That, you know, going in the car isn't always the best way to actually get out and run with friends and family because you, you don't do it by yourself. Get the family involved. You know, just say to your kids, let's go out and let's run. And you, it's a little reward at the end of it because let's be as runners. We love our cake and coffee and donuts at the end, don't <laughs> yeah, we? we? Do. Let's, let's not lie about it. So, you know, a bit of an incentive for younger kids. You know, let's do a little run some and it'll be worth it. Um, but yeah, I just think running is a, a good way of getting around. And sometimes, it, especially for sometimes I come to London, I sometimes think it's quicker than trying to get through traffic or in taxis or some things like that. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Barry, thank you so much for talking to me. No, thank you. Tasha, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Um, we are here at a photo shoot for the cover of the 30th issue. You've just had lots of pictures taken. How was the cover shoot experience for you? Oh, it's brilliant. Like from the start, from getting here, makeup, um, having the photos taken, it's been a really fun day. It's quite interesting when you get an idea of when a photographer wants something very specific and you have to do it a hundred times it's really difficult so when you see like photos in the front of magazines and you have to wonder how many times did they take that shot to get that particular picture that they chose for the front cover well people will see the front cover now so they'll know all the hard work that's gone into it um let's talk about running yes one of my favorite subjects when did when did you when did you start when did you pull on them shoes for the first time so i chart my like my running journey from july 1999 that's when I ran my first race. Yeah. What was your first race? It was a five kilometre race in Hyde Park. And it was the, I think it was Flora, the Flora women's race. I used to do it every September till about the year 2000, I think. And when you, before that, was that, did you sign up to do that 5k off the back of nothing? Or was it, had you been running sort of bits and was, how, how, how did you get to that 5k? So I always gone I went to the gym about three times a week prior to that and my favorite piece of machine was the treadmill which I ran on and then one day prior to that race I decided to run outside and I loved it and then saw the race advertised somewhere in a magazine I've forgotten which magazine it was and um probably (laughs) and um entered the race and just loved it and literally haven't stopped racing since amazing and what was and then you've built since then since you started you've done marathons and half marathons and everything you know what's your favorite so my favorite distance is half marathon um do you have a favorite race i have a favorite race oh my gosh it changes every year i think i have a favorite race for the particular year this year i think my favorite race is london marathon oh nice okay and how many times have you done london three now yeah, three, and I've done Paris once, Obviously. and two virtual, because they count too. They hundred, they definitely do. <laughs> so still the same difference. Count, yeah, yeah. yeah, that distance still counts. That still counts. Um, what's the biggest change you've seen then in running since you started? Has it been participation levels? Has it been the crowds? Has it been just what? What's the biggest thing? Gosh, you've there's been so much change. So definitely participation levels the amount of races that are on, like you could literally run a race every single week now. In 1999, when I started running, there were hardly any races in London or the South East. I used to find a race in the back of Runner's World and the South East was always like the smallest section or they were just really kind of, I don't know how to get there. I won't enter that one. Um, The technology, um, the amount of women that are running now, it's it's all drastically changed since I started running. 24 years ago actually now it is so I nearly nearly, you know the magazine and you aren't far off in terms I know this is good (laughs) this is good Um. cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states United Healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have it to get 30, 30, get 30, bet get 20, 20, 20, bet get 20, 20, bet get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You are the, the founder of Black Girls Do Run, um, which is, you know, beyond personal achievements in running in terms of time and, and, and races that you've wanted to achieve. This is a much bigger sort of personal and legacy of, of the foundation of this group. What led you to setting it up? So it was just my lived experiences of going to races and not seeing many women that looked like me or sometimes hardly any women at all. And um, just wanting to make a difference because I know I was I was quite, um, I loved running so nothing could hold me back from entering races but talking to friends and other people they'd say oh, I don't want to go because you know I'm not fast I'll be too slow I'm not good enough so it's just just wanted to show other black women that you know you can do this it's not just about elite athletes like performing at such a high level you know you can go and do it for your health for your mental health and just have a good time when did you set up Black Girls Do Run 2019 2019 yeah. so in, in the sort of time between t- 2001 that first marathon you did in 2019 did you see an increase in, in black women running in races or did it, did it, was it really like from the, the foundation of the group made you, was the, the, the tipping point for you in terms of like, this has got to change? It was, yeah, it was a race I went to actually. And um, the marshal almost gave me a blank look as to if I was running the race. And I thought, um, always at the back of my mind at races, oh, why aren't there any other black women? And um, just thought there's black women's run in the USA and they're really big and they're throughout all the states. I thought maybe we need something like that here in the UK just to, you know, increase representation and um, just increase visibility of normal black women running. Because we are, there are lots running, but you just, we're kind of, we're not all together. So we don't make an impact. But now with Black Girls Do One UK, we turn up to races. Sometimes there's like 15, 20 of us. And um, it's really phenomenal and magical. Yeah, especially as it offers up people that uh, a position of safety, right? So it's not just, you're not a lone individual in a white crowd, essentially. You can have, you have power in numbers. And I think that that's a super important, encouraging thing. Yeah, and it builds confidence. Yeah. And what, what I've seen happen is like, you'll find a black woman that comes to run with us and they've not done much running and then they run with us and they gain confidence and they start branching out and going to other runs as well. So it's a, it's a we like, we do get told that we're excluding people, but actually we're including more people because it's a win for running. They buy trainers, they buy watches, they enter races, they go abroad and run as well. So it's a win for the sport. No, for sure. I mean, getting people into running is the main aim. Definitely, yeah. So if people think that having a, a club name because it exclusively talks to a demographic, be it women, be it black people, doesn't it's not an ex- it's, you're not excluding others you're just no, offering no, no, up it, it's, it's a very strange argument yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's an argument we have often and but we're a big part of the running community as well and that's really important to us because um yeah we love running and we just want to bring the joy and introduce running to more and more women yeah well, more power to that i say <laughs> um next 30 years next 30 years hmm I think next 30 years, it may evolve into a group that encourages younger children to run. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the future In 30 in... years' time. I think, hopefully, 30 years' time, we, then we won't be needed. Because everybody, <laughs> God, will, yeah. everybody will think that, you know, running is for me, running is for everybody. So maybe just some, like, the younger generation coming up might need a bit of a push. But 30 years is a long way away. It is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We can just hope for more change, more people running. 
more encouraging stuff like that. And more groups that are kind of focusing on niche areas. I think that's a really good thing. And it's just brilliant to see lots of other little groups supporting just different sections of people and nurturing them and bringing them to running. I love to see it. Yeah, I love to see it too. Tasha, thank you so much. Craig, thank you very much for joining us, having a chat. Thank you for having me here. Um, how did you get into running, first of all? Uh, been into running from very young age, cross country in school. All right. Paper round was very far away from the house. So lots of running between the houses so I could get the paper round done quickly. Took a little break from it. And then when I left school, put on a lot of weight as we do when, when we uh, stop moving so much, eating lots of food. And around the age of 20, perhaps, started doing little runs up and down uh, the main road near my house just to um, try and get weight off, really. Didn't like running at the time. Thought it was disgusting. There was no such thing as Strava. There was no such thing as GPS on your watch. It was just find an A to Z, go for a run. Um, and then lost weight through running, then stop, start, stop, start. But then over time, as you get fitter and better with the running, you just start to fall in love with it because it can do things for your mental state and it can put you in touch with other people who, who love the sport. And um, yeah, so in a very long-winded answer to your question, I started running when I was a child, um, paper rounds. And yeah, but it's always been a constant... It's like as in you, you, the reason for doing it has changed over the years. Yes, constant, but you, yeah. But it's always been a constant thing. Yes, it has, and I've never thought of it like that, but it's, it's been a constant in my life, yeah. Now, since you started as a kid, are you sort of race-focused, or do you just use it as a, a means to escape? Do you use it as a, a mental health thing? Is it a physical thing? So I started running again recently, a couple of years ago. Big push on it. Um, my, my son died, had, had leukemia, um, and my wife was diagnosed with cancer. All happened in a very short space of time. And at first I turned to alcohol because I, I was a drinker. So I drank every weekend. I wouldn't call myself an alcoholic. But when my son first died, I started drinking a lot more, a lot more frequently, more blackouts. Uh, it went on for about two or three months and then um, I was trying to run at the same time to counteract what I was doing with Drinking my more, running more. Exactly. Whatever, yeah. And it was a Thursday. I went for a run. I always remember I went for a 10K and I got halfway around the 10K and I had to stop on the Thursday. It was in October two years ago. Um, and I remember holding my sides because I had pains and, and I was tired on the run. And I thought, I, I can't do both. So since then, I stopped drinking the alcohol and I've switched to the running and I use running now because I wake up in the morning and all the thoughts of my son are still there and the thoughts of even the everyday stuff, the bills, the, the, the economic times, everything that's going on, go for the run yeah. and I can deal with it. And, and, and it's just, it's that simple. Once I've done the run, especially with the social events, you know, local meetups, local races, it's just a fantastic place to be. It's like being in the pub. You go out, you see everyone, you know all these other local runners, uh, but but there's no there's no roughness afterwards. There's just Strava, social media, you know. And 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 at first, uh, so so when I joined the club, then I started chasing times. Now, so I do go for only for me personally. I'm not competing with other people, but I'm going for PBs. I'm going for races that are known to be fast. I used to just just go for a run. I still do enjoy going for a tick over run, maybe on a Sunday, just through the forest. No, no eye on the pace, but I do also now chase times or try to when I'm, I'm injured at the moment. But you know, when I'm not injured, I try my best to push as fast as I can. And a great Hyde Village Striders, great club, joined it. And you know, the people there have took me under the wing. There's loads of runners there, too many names to mention, but they're literally I walked in on the first night when I joined the club. Everyone in there's got a smile on the face. You know, it's different. Again, I know I'm comparing it a lot to the pub. Pub's still a great place. I still go to the pub. I still see my friends in the pub. But you walk in a running club, everybody's smiling and, and you go out together. And it's just been a life changer joining that club because it, it, it's pushed me where maybe if I'd have just been doing the solo runs still now, I may have dipped off again, may have turned back to other means of 
I've not had any antidepressants, you know, whether that's right or wrong, I don't know, but I just know running is getting me through a dark time in my life. Well, that's it. I mean, what you're, I mean certainly it's, it's something that a lot of other people have discovered with it. And it's interesting what you're saying about the pub, because friendship groups and support networks, and certainly within British culture, you know, the pub is very much like at the centre of social activity. And you say it like, I think it's quite surprising that people might consider that running does have exactly the same characteristics as meeting your mates at the pub. It's the same thing. Like you meet them at the running club instead. It's incredible. And everybody's jacked up on life. Everybody's, we have um, near us, there's a a podcast, a local runners podcast. And it's local runners that the podcast is done by them. It's on, you know, all these streaming platforms. And so all the local runners around us, all the clubs, they all talk on there. They, they talk about, they interview local runners on there. They talk about, it's just for where, around the area where we live. But that then, we've just had the tour of Tameside. Big running event near our house. You probably may not have heard of it because it's, it's up near us, but it's four consecutive running days. So everybody turns up. I couldn't run because of my ankle, but um, don't know why I pointed to it because you can't obviously see it. But <laughs> I, I, when I got there... He's got ankles, I can assure you. <laughs> You know, I went and supported and you just stand on the finish line, but you see people that you know and you don't want to leave the environment. So it's not just the running. The running is is mega because obviously it's getting your heart rate up, your endorphins. It's As I said, you, you feel down before the run. You never have a bad run, do you? You, you know, you finish a run, you feel incredible. Um, but the social aspect is, is, a, is a massive biggie for me. I think twofold there. I think when you're coming from a position like yourself where you're using running, it's not just a means of like, I'm good at running and I'm gonna go and do as fast as I can. Your your relationship with running now is very much in a, in a grieving, healing relationship, which is a very different way that some other people might find running. So as you say, you're never having a bad run because as you wake up in the morning and you instantly think about your son or your wife or whatever's going on in the world, as you say, and there's just a sort of it's very cathartic it's a, like a release valve isn't it like that's the sort of thing that that running brings it's, definitely yeah. yeah and i think that's that's also such a such a huge part of probably how running's changed over the years and how people have approached it like it's you know people talk we talk about mental health now way more than we ever did you know like lads in the pub before would never be like are you all right mate and actually mean it not like a sort of you're all right mate and just yeah i'm fine you know there's a conversation around that now yeah, and, like, and, and, and yeah. feeling better and stuff so and I think that running ties in quite well with that in terms of people being more open about how they're doing and, and uh, you know, f- f- being able to express their their hardships and their and also the joys that it brings. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Um, how have you found then, what do you think in the biggest changes for running have been? And we're talking about 30 years of running. I mean, I haven't been running 30 years. Technology. Well, this is what I was saying downstairs. I, I assume everybody's my age, and then I realise I'm a lot older than the people I'm talking to. So, I, I but um, there was no Strava when I first started running. No, this makes me feel old. There was no, <laughs> there was no fancy footwear. You've got the carbon plates now, which obviously everyone's racing in. You know, the, the, fantastic to running. Um, even music couldn't take music out but I've, I've stopped taking music out anyway now actually prefer the silence while I'm running but but yeah the biggest change is technology under the Strava and I often debate with people is Strava because it is a good thing but if you've ever been have you ever been injured as a runner so so but in injured where it stopped because obviously we all run through injury don't we but when when it stops you and you're still looking on the Strava it can be a little bit I had a I had a I had a period where I actually just took myself off of it and I stopped putting runs on it because I was just like as you said I started running when none of this stuff existed and I suddenly went well why do I feel compelled to be putting stuff on it and I thought actually the reasons why aren't the healthiest it's like I want to be putting stuff out there for people to see rather than would would you would you run a certain run if you couldn't put it on Strava it's the it's it's a common debate isn't it everyone talks about it would you would you bother with that run if if you couldn't Strava it you know so you know I, I took the I took the watch off I got my Casio on and I still you know will just oh, and is that how you run currently yeah, yeah. No, on on day not every not every time because I you know if I'm training I want to look at certain stuff but if I want to go out and just have a run and it not be anything more than just a run and I'll just no no tech no phone put the watch I just have a watch on so I know what time it is and off I go and how do you find that when you lovely 
it took a while. It took me a while to get used to it. Do you not text people after or send someone a selfie? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I, just to make I sure. Just, I, just, I, I'm quite known for uh, being out on a run and sort of, let's get a selfie. Well, all, I think all runners are, you know, nope. it, it selfies, again, it the community aspect. It goes everywhere, doesn't aspect. it? Once it does. you've been for a run, you, it's on Strava, it's on Insta, it's on, you know, you're posting about it wherever you are. And I think that that's hugely important in terms of motivation others. Like if you, sometimes you can see it where you, someone's been for a run and they put a picture up and you go, oh, that's good. I'm glad they've done that. But then the other thing of that is comparison. You know, if you start comparing yourself to everyone else. Yeah, that's the, that, that, that sucks the joy out of it a bit. Like, Unless you can improve, which is, but then, I don't yeah. You should compete with yourself, I think, and, and leave it at that. But it's hard because you're looking at other people. You do it in all walks of life, don't we? That, that's why we have uh, an economy. You look around and think, I need to be just quicker than such a body. And, but in a, in a friendly way. Yeah, it's great though. What, what do you have? What advice would you give to someone then if who was starting out running? What would be your go-to bit of advice? Keep going, massively. So many people that I know, possibly a couch to five k. Um, you can do them at clubs. I know our club do them for free. Um, you go down, they have a, a little group that they put on, um, but just keep going. So many people I speak to, and they say, "Oh, I'd love to run like you, but." When I start, my knee hurts or I'm just, it, it hurts, I, you know, it cuts my lungs, I can't breathe. Just just keep going one foot in front of the other. Take little steps at a time. If you do 500 metres one day, try to do 600 metres the next day. Build it up, build it up. And there's a, there's a lad at our club I'm really close to called Justin. Couch to 5K programme uh, five years ago. Couldn't run, self-confessed. I, I, I'm no good. Uh, well, not no good, but you know, not got the capability to run 5k, and he's just run a, a sub three marathon. So, so you know, it, 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 there's it's it's just keep going. Just keep going. Again, a long-winded answer to no, your question, no, but, but you just got to keep pushing. That that's my one piece of advice, and don't get too fixated on other people because, for me now, I'm looking at the times I'm running in. And I'm impressed with them, but there's so many people who are way quicker than me. And, and, and it's, you can't look at other people. You've got to just focus on yourself, what you're getting out of it. Enjoy the socials. Enjoy patting each other on the back. Get, get signed up to a club. Get, get yourself into a club. Is a great, don't think that you have to get fit to join a club. A lot of people say, I'd love to join a club, but I need to get there first. Just go to the club. They usually have groups. it will take you out this uh you know lesser uh, speeds quicker speeds all different abilities and you just go out and and crack on yeah craig thank you very much no thank you very much i've had a, a fantastic day it's been a, an absolute pleasure rachel thank you so much for joining us welcome thank you for inviting me uh, um let's talk about running how did you get into running um well i only i've not been running for a long time i only got running into running when i was in my late 20s um I was the office where I was working and entered the Manchester 10K. So a group of us just started running and um, yeah, ran the Manchester 10K. So we all trained together for that. Oh, amazing. How, was, how did you find that whole process of getting ready to run a 10K? It was awesome. It was really funny because the first time we went out, we went out with a large group of people and we ran about 300 yards from the office and me and my friend, we were exhausted and they were like, right, that's the warm up. Like, let's right, carry on. Yeah. And it was, so it was quite a, quite a shock to the system, but we just, we ran along the canal. So we just run from one bridge to the next bridge. And then when we managed to run the whole length of the canal, it was a huge achievement. So we just worked up to it slowly, <laughs> really. I think that's one of the things that when people start running, they're kind of like the assumption that they have to go far or fast or anything like that. But just having those little, if it's bridge to bridge, like that's all that it takes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, you know, how, how long have you been running now? Um, um, 12 years. 12 now. years. That's yeah. a pretty long time. Yes. What's, what's been the most significant change you, you've seen in running what, since you started? Um, I think it, when I first started running, um, was just more socially with friends and I think then when I actually got into racing and into a running club mm -hmm. I noticed all the, you know, the how the races I enjoyed the race and the hype and obviously the trainers the carbon trainers yeah. I think everybody mentions the trainers don't they <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I think that's been the biggest change I've seen but I think because when I started off it was just very much running up and down the canal at lunchtime and yeah. then progressing into joining a running club made a big difference. How did running fit into your life just 
generally like when did it did it did it start off as like something that you do just occasionally and has it become like the thing that dominates like your your decision making day yeah well so it started off it was something I'd get into then get fall out of the habit of doing and then that's one of the reasons I decided to join a running club um so that I'd have a reason that I would have to run so now I tend to plan my days more around running than trying you know trying to fit running in so it has changed the way but um I did was diagnosed with cancer three years ago and I used the running as part of my therapy so after I had the treatment I had um, six weeks of radiotherapy um, I was actually listening to the Runners World podcast and um, I think it was over lockdown and we couldn't get out and I'd just gone for a walk and I think Kieran was on it and he, he said just just go for a walk you know and he said just run doesn't matter how slow you are and I can remember thinking yeah no it doesn't matter how slow I am so I just did a mile it was really 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 slow but I did a mile yeah and then slowly I just kept building it building it up after that so um, after that I started racing uh, did my first half marathon did my first marathon and then running became really integral to everything that I did after that and how did how, how was treatment and running like were you allowed to do it at the same time or was, did you find that you just you wanted to run but you couldn't what was the sort of yeah, balance at the beginning i could but towards the end of the treatment um i, I couldn't do anything yeah um i couldn't eat or drink um so i, I couldn't do any exercise at all um i was on very strong painkillers so it, i just couldn't really do anything so it was that kind of looking forward, thinking I've got that to look forward to in the future. And then after I finished the radiotherapy, the f- after the first week, I'd done one mile. After the second week, I'd done two miles. And I just kept going up in the increments too. That's so good. We've Make had people. Work. Um, yeah, I mean, we've, it's it's the, the, the sort of the greater power of running. And everyone who I've spoken to today, there's a there's an underlying joy and love of running and, it, and, and, and the sport itself offers a whole heap of benefits that people get just by running but then there's always these greater elements to it as well and yourself with a treatment with cancer and and we're talking about uh, people who are either using running to uh, change their lives and for other people's changing other people's lives through charity work or uh, you know they're using it to manage grief or there's all these sort of like greater parts that running plays in the sort of spectrum of life did you ever think that running would be something that you'd lean on in harder times no um when i was younger uh, i think if you would have told me that i'd be running when i was older i would have laughed <laughs> quite a lot at you because i didn't enjoy sport when i was younger i didn't take part in any sports and obviously now we pay lots of money to to go around yeah well we were talking <laughs> over lunch you were telling us you're uh, you're a big fan of a of a race shoe Yes. You do like a you do like a fancy fast shoe. Yes, I do. Yeah, I've got a <laughs> couple of pair of flies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's that's part of it. Like if if you find something that you really enjoy, you invest in it. You enjoy it so much, like more in that way of just like this is for me and this is a treat and these are the things that I get out of it. And when as when I was going through the treatment as well, one of the things I do is I think if I hit five miles. I'll treat myself to a new pair of leggings or oh, nice. if I hit six miles, I'll buy myself a new pair of trainers. No, <laughs> yeah, but, that's, but that's how you get through these things, yeah. right? What do you think is going to be the future for your running then? How we, you know, we're talking about running, Runners World has been here for 30 years. If you're going to look crystal ball future running, what do you think is going to... Well, I'm hoping to get a sub 50 minute 10K. That's one of my aims. I've been close in the past. I've got 51 minutes, but I've never got the sub 50 minutes. So that's something I I want to achieve. But also, because I've done a marathon now, I am wondering about an ultra in the future. Not a ridiculous 100 miles one. A nice, sensible 50 miles one. (laughs) But again, something, just another challenge to push me forward. Yeah. Yeah. And do you always find that with running like, you get out the joy out of it and you can use it to help yourself, but you always want that little thing in, in the yeah. diary to look you, for. It. You always say, oh, it's not about the competing, it's not about pushing yourself, it's about the enjoyment, but then you'll find a little something else that you'll be like, oh, but maybe if I could just do that, maybe if I could just push myself a little bit further and get that. So, and I'm, only, I'm not in competition with anybody else, it's only myself, so. 
But that's the greatest motivator, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Outdo out old you, yes. old versions of yourself that you want to beat. Yeah. Exactly. Thank you so much for talking to us. Well, thanks, Ben. Arthur, thank you so much for chatting to me. Okay, no problem. That's all right. Um, how long have you been running, Arthur? On and off since 1971. Fair old stint. <laughs> <laughs> how, did you, how did you first start getting into running? It's when I joined the army. I did train and base training and running. Then I, was, I joined the local running club. Yeah. I started training with them, bits and pieces. I did my, my first marathon in 1982, London Marathon. Oh. I did that in three hours, 15. My first one. Good work. <laughs> that was fast. <laughs> yeah, so they got into that. And that was got posted abroad quite a lot. I did a couple of marathons in Germany. But they're not really classed, just local ones. Yeah. And after I came out of the army, I went out trekking in Himalayas for a couple of years. Then I got a job down at the Garrison Stadium on the track. So I, I started looking after the track, automating the track, and dealing with the schools, data on the army. Yeah. And then I had, I had two running clubs, Harriers. Concentrating, then you had the hockey club next to it, yeah. and then football. Right. But my job, my main job was look after the the track itself, right. and the, the schools, the school sports days. Some of the schools came in, paid differently on their own, just the school itself. Nice. Then you used to do district sports. Again, thousands of kids, <laughs> quite noisy. <laughs> Are you, have you always been a, a a marathon? Is that your distance, or, or is, the, is the track? Do you like running on the track? I like doing track. I also like like doing middle distance, five k and above. Yeah. My best, I like doing ten milers. Oh, there's ten more, milers. Yes, they're more, more my distance. You got any good ten mile tips? We've got my Rick, who normally records this with me. He's yeah. he's aiming to do his fastest 10 mile race what's your what's your bit of advice for a 10 miler please do if it's going out for training for a 10 mile yeah. you should be do some hill work oh, and some, some speed work yeah. if you can do get onto a track yeah. that'd be better because you do short speed 20 meters 400s reps say 10 10 12 hours so you say do 8200s with some of the recovery but you're going you're jogging 200, going fast again. Yeah. 200, jog, 200 sprint. There we go, Rick. Rick's got that. He's got. He's he's aiming to get under an hour. Oh, he should do. He should do. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, so when when you we talked, we were having a little chat earlier. And yeah. You mentioned that you went you went exploring in the Himalayas. Yeah. I mean that in itself <laughs> sounds sounds incredible. But yeah, you were telling me there was a, you and the Sherpas ended up having a little bit of a race. Yeah, they did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which. A racing at altitude against the Sherpa sounds like something that... You, yeah, it yeah, was something different. Something different. Um, but you've never... But you were saying altitude, you've always been all right with the altitude. Yeah, yeah. Never affected me. No, that's good. That's all that's ever. All right, well, there you go. So is, did you did you ever trail running? Has that ever been... I did trail running, yeah. Yeah? You've enjoyed that? I did a trail running. Oh, great. And that's what you... You're based out in Colchester. Yeah, yeah. And good, good, some good trails in Essex. Yeah, quite a few good ones. Yeah, got, got a few... Um, there's one new one called the Camden Rodenham Marathon. That was all, all off-road. That came out at 26.6 miles. You're going through tracks, yeah, yeah. ditches. It's like a bit like cross-country, but for a long, long a way. A long, long way. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> definitely a long way. Yeah. Um, we, we're here today um, shooting the cover for the, 30, the 30th anniversary. How how's running changed for you in thirty years? Quite a bit. Yeah, because back in the eighties, you used to have a lot of people running. Then it died down a bit the couple of years, but now it's come back in. But I think park run has actually got a lot more people running. Yeah. Don't matter what pace it is, just about getting people to go out doing things and doing a little short runs and get healthy. What 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 keeps you running? What do you what do you get out of running now? What 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 motivates you to pull the shoes on? Plus, I'm now the local legend. <laughs> <laughs> not by not getting cheese out, but the people in Colchester, the only people, of course, they trust me to be the local legend. Yeah. 
So I know quite a lot of pacing people, if they want me to, help out with their training, giving tips about the running style, yeah. also getting the right, right shoes, that need makes some importance, is get the right shoe to, to how, you, how, you, how you run, get, get, get to analyse your running gait and get the right shoes. And then that's that's why you're getting injuries. Yeah. Then myself and other people in the club, got on club coaches, help them to to um, improve. So you, I mean, you're you're very much a man involved in the running community. I am, um, yeah, yeah. And that's what you really get out of it. That's right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think that's one of the great things about running, isn't it? The community. So, and they've got a lot of youngsters, like like to do like to do what I do when they, when they get to my age. Oh, nice. So they seem as being the. Iconers, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> of local. What's the What's your secret then, Arthur? What's what, What's the secret to keeping running over the years? Keep myself fit. Yeah. And self motivation. Yeah. Motivation. You got a special diet, special tricks. No, you know? no. Like a beer. Maybe yeah. Got a beer. Yeah. <laughs> Arthur, thank you so much for okay. talking to us. <laughs> thank you, right? Thanks. Right. <laughs> So that brings us to the end of this week's Run As Well podcast. Huge thanks to our many special guests and to you, of course, for listening. Yeah, big thanks to all the cover stars. It's amazing. And if you do see them out on the, you know, if you walk perusing the, your local Tesco's and you see it out on the shelves. Pick it up, pick it up. It's a great one. It's yeah. really good. Um, if not, if you're not out and about in the Tesco's, don't worry, because you can subscribe to the magazine. <laughs> oh, very good. Uh, just Google Runners World UK subscription and you'll find a, an offer to probably subscribe for a few issues for the year. But if you really just want three for five pounds, head to runnersworld.com slash UK slash podcast offer. And that is three issues for five pounds. Uh, the podcast is out every Tuesday. You know this already. If you haven't subscribed, please do. Where it's available on all your favorite podcasting platforms. And you will hear from us again next week. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.